At 1.20 a.m., police were called on the south side of Chicago about stray bullets being fired into a house. Like many drive-by shootings, it ends with someone dying. A 22-year-old woman was pronounced dead at her home that evening. Gang violence is a thing, isn't a thing from the past. It happens all around us, not only in our lives, but also in books. Clockwork Gordon shows many scenes of gang violence through Alex and his droogs. That's not the only connection between the real world and the book. A Clockwork Orange also brings up corruption of the government, which is also prevalent in our society to some degree. Hello, I'm George Flynn. I'm your host. I'm Penelope Jensen, your co-host. I'm Emma Rose, and I'm your co-co-host. And you're watching Messed Up Mondays. For those of you who haven't read the book A Clockwork Orange, it's about a young man named Alex who's 15 years old, and he's pretty messed up. He doesn't really have any care for anything or anyone, and he does a lot of things that most normal people would regret. Okay, Emma here, just adding on to Penelope. Um, Alex is, like she said, in a gang. And the gang consists of three people, Dim, Pete, and Georgie, who ran, like, not randomly, but um, weirdly are all order, older than him, although he is the boss of this gang, apparently. Um, so he decides all what they're going to do, like the crime spe sprees where they... Go mugging people, robbing, doing gang fights, auto thefts, breaking, and raping people. We see um, in the early chapters that they go to this place called home, which are is a house of two people, a man and a woman. And you see that he um, he does all this nasty things that Penelope was saying. If we look at these chapters, we can see, like, it just starts off so violent right as we hit for this book. He breaks into this house, and he rapes the woman, and he beats up the man who's writing a book. Um, coincidentally, the book is called A Clockwork Orange. I'm sure it wasn't a coincidence, but reading it, it's like, whoa. <laughs> um, it's about free will, and... The book has a hard time um, conveying how it wants free will to be conveyed. On one hand, it thinks free will is great and everyone should have free will. But on the other hand, it shows how free will, if not contained to a certain amount, it can cause people to do things that they're going to regret. Mm -hmm. Like with Alex raping the woman, later on in the, in the book, he goes back to the same house when he has nobody and no one wants him and he has no place to go and he's just lost in the world. He goes back to the same house that he destroyed the family in and he feels bad about the things that he did. And it kind of just shows that on one hand, free will can be great and you can do things like sleep in a bed. That's, that's having free will. But also on one hand, having free will to that extent where he was not condemned as quickly as he should have been for the crimes that he committed shows how it can be bad. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the free will is also shown in um, at the beginning where um, he breaks into this house. He's with his gang. And yes, they have the free will. He decided to go in this house, rape all these persons. But then his free will is taken from him when his, um, his friends, his members of this gang, turn on him and make him get caught by the police, which sentences him to 14 years in prison, which basically um, starts the story of the book where he um, gets experimented on so he doesn't um, want to do bad things anymore and doesn't want to like listen to the music that he likes and um, have sex with people. Yeah. Well, here's a fun statistic from our executive producer, Sally Wilson. According to the U.S. News, overall gangs are responsible for 16% of all homicides, but 25% in cities with populations over 100,000. Wow, that's a lot. Back to George. Holy crap, Sally. Sounds like a lot of people die from gang violence. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was scary, but you know what else is? The game of murder. Let's play a guessing game, in which we'll have the first caller and ask them as to list off as many things in that category. Alright, caller number one, name as many things as fast as you can in, a, in 30 seconds, ways gangs kill people. Um, knife fight, uh, forced acid overdose, um, drowning, uh, throwing them into the ocean with cement on their feet, um, bombing, uh, drive-by shooting, shooting, uh, alcohol poisoning, uh, a duel fight like a cowboy. Good job, Color One, but sadly you didn't beat our record of 56 ways to kill someone. Well now, let's get to one of our favorite sponsors, Milk Emporium. Are you tired of the same old 1%, 2% fat-free or whole milk? Well, if you said yes, come to Milk's Emporium today to get your drugged milk. So before we go on to our next game, we're going to have another message from one of our sponsors, Bill's Homes. Do you need somewhere to stay? Well, if so, call Bill's Homes at 1-800-BILLS-HOMES, where you can get all your home needs. Watch out, though. He might drug you. See you soon. All right, our second caller is online. Please say your name. Hello, my name is Amanda Colton. Awesome. You have 30 seconds to name cities where gangs are prevalent. Okay, um, Detroit, Chicago, uh, LA, uh, New York City, Aurora, Denver, Lot. Las Vegas. What? I'm sorry, but you actually didn't beat our record of every city ever imaginable, so you don't win. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Show where we will discuss the government in a clockwork orange. If you look 
back at recent years, you will see that multiple purge movies have come out. And those movies are about the government shutting down for 24 hours and all crime being legal. These movies show how awful and how corrupt our world would become if we didn't have a government. And if we look at some of the quotes from the book, A Clockwork Orange, we see that the same events are prevalent. And now we have Sally here to read one of the quotes from our book, A Clockwork Orange. Are you the poor victim of this horrible new technique? If so, then you have been sent here by the Providence, tortured in prison, then thrown out to be tortured by the police. Page 173. Uh, I think this is very interesting. Burgess is using this character, which is an author, as his way of expressing his political opinions. And it's a truly genius literary technique. Now let's play a game we call The Government is Bad. We will answer phone calls from viewers and they will need to answer a question that we give them. Okay, caller one, what's a news report on Trump's cabinet? Hello, my name is Marilyn Scarlett. So I like saw on the news that like Andrew Wheeler says water pollution is worse than the United States than climate change and we should focus on that instead of climate change. Is that the answer you wanted? Um, sure, but Andrew, we were hoping for that to go to the next caller. What? Sure, but it's not the answer we wanted. Let's go to the next caller. All right, caller number two. What's some controversial news on our government? Hi, my name is Derek Jones. Uh, Trump's family used private chats, so he's kind of a hypocrite uh, because he accused Hillary of doing the same thing. Wow, Derek, that's like exactly what we wanted for our answer to this question. You know what that means? You win the vacation! Wow, Derek, what an interesting fact. Do you mind staying on the show and continue talking to us? Yeah, of course. I think I read something recently about the uncovering of these files, actually. I think, if, I, if my memory serves correctly, some of the files that they uncovered were about private chats from uh, President Trump and his family to other countries and other places. And I don't really want to get into all of that right now, but I just want to kind of say that that alone, just like thinking about um, how our president is using private chats, kind of just shows uh, corruption in our government, much like the same one we have in the book. If you have anything to add on to the corruption from our book. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely connects. Um, I mean, we don't have the, the level of con uh, corruption that you can see in the book, but um, there is still some degree of corruption in our society, and you, <laughs> you definitely see it uh, from time to time. Mm -hmm. Especially in the book. I think the main part of corruption in the book is basically that they um, did this like in, uh, experiment on Alex, but then afterwards he was like, we got you, homie. And he's all Gucci afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah, that showed the corruption in the government. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what you're trying to get at, and you're having a little yeah. bit of a hard time, when he went to prison, they tried this new technique that they've yes. never tried on anyone, and they tried it on a young man, mm -hmm. a 15-year-old man that they've never tried it on before, and 
when he got out of prison, he didn't know how to act anymore. He was having a very hard time. No one wanted him, as we were talking about earlier a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, why is the police system the way it is? Why are they treating people like this in the prisons and forcing them to go through this new technique that they never used before? Yeah, exactly. And for someone so young, it just yeah. seems kind of abusive almost. 15, yeah. Mm -hmm. like, and I think that also relates to our government right now. Like, <clears throat> not only do we have social media, but our government promotes social media. And I believe that that's almost, this, this is kind of a stretch, but, you know, he's going through a psychological thing with this technique, and I believe that the social media thing is also a psychological thing. Because everyone, the whole society is condoning this use of social media and it affects how teenagers live. Like, how would these days te teenagers live without the internet? Good job, George. I think you bring up a very good point, actually. I mean, obviously it's very different because this book took place in the 60s and now we're almost in 2020. So it's kind of hard to compare them super closely, but I do see how you're getting at, like, teenage corruption with one thing versus another thing, and I feel like it's kind of hard to pinpoint Alex as a certain thing because his um, situation is very unique to his own. He is a psychopath, but, like, he knows what he's doing, and he enjoys it, so it's kind of hard to be, like, knowing where we're putting him in on the spectrum. But yeah, and there's definitely a line that you need to draw between corruption and just um, just criminal punishment. Um, I think that when it gets as far as it did in the book, um, there was definitely a lot of corruption. I mean, um, he was only 15, but then again, he did, he did uh, think many evil thoughts, and he was just evil himself. That's who he was. Um, so you have to decide whether it's better for him to be a clockwork orange or to have his free will. Yeah, nice. Thank you guys for listening so much to our show, Messed Up Mondays. That's all we have for you right now. Please tune in next time. Bye.